This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back, guys. DGS and KMOX. A little bit after two. Gorgeous day out there. Uh, Tracy and Jamie. Uh, Tracy Sandheinrich, I just wanted to say because I can. Uh, and Jamie and Kennington. I killed that last name. Uh, two uh, of our local musicians and uh, members of the, the St. Louis Music family, both board-certified music therapists. They have something going on this weekend. It's called Rockin' at the Right. Uh, it's going to be uh, It's a benefit uh, concert empowering children's voices featuring Super G. Do you guys know that they invited me to be the lead singer of Super Jam? Did not. Know I just like Dave Farber so much, and I, I, he's been hurt <laughs> in his life, and I didn't want to do that to him. <laughs> Same thing with El Monstero. You know, poor Mark Quinn is so tiny. Oh, yeah. uh, so great concert, great cause. Uh, you start wherever you want to start. Uh, we want to talk about the the therapy, talk about the concert. You guys take it where you want to take it. Gosh, where do we start? Sure, let's talk about the event. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, so our event, Rockin' at the Right, is in partnership with um, another local nonprofit called the Light Foundation. Mm -hmm. And the Light Foundation, basically, in a nutshell, they are a nonprofit, but they help support other children's charities. Um, but they have a, a deep, deep love for music, and which is why they kind of partner with us as well. So this event coming up on the weekend is at the Scottish Rite called Rockin' at the Rite, and it is a benefit concert. We will be featuring all of our music therapists, including Jamie and I, and our additional music therapist, Destiny, and we'll have some really special, unique rock star performances. So you'll hear us talk about what we do, but at the end of the session, they record their own original song. So these, what we do with, with the Song Society is offer supportive performance opportunities. So at this event this weekend, we'll have three opportunities for those rock stars and so families. Cool. And I'm going to chime on that because there's three different rock star performances and each one is so different. So you're going to have a family with kids, siblings. So the youngest one's has been diagnosed with leukemia mm -hmm. and our siblings are coping with that another one she has she's in remission so she has a different story and another one is going through she's a plastic anemia so she's a very different story and she's 14 so they all have very different stories and all of that will be told through song and their stories and their lyrics that's so cool tell me your stories like you're doing one of those things for a living that when you're involved in music and you're younger you're like I want to do this and then someone tells you like can't do that like that's not a real oh, yeah. job and you guys pulled it off you you did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I can start. Um, so at a young age, I grew up in sort of a musical family. My dad was a musician. My oldest brother was a musician. Um, and I think when I was going to school, I always thought I was going to be, be a music teacher. And then I grew up and figured, oh, that sounds painful and I don't want to do that. I, I hated going to music lessons myself. So um, I kind of took a different route and was originally going to go into speech pathology. 
and then from a chance meeting, kind of stumbled across the field of music therapy. Um, to back it up a little more, um, when I was a child, I grew up with a grandmother that was affected by dementia. Mm-hmm. And so my dad and I used to go to the nursing home and play music for all the residents and whatever. And I think at a very young age, I I realized the, the impact that music has on people, um, not just on myself, but also all ages. And so I think when I stumbled across music therapy, it was... Um, a choice I chose and never looked back. So here I am, Good 15 years later. Now, mine's kind of a wacky story. So I actually, my first degree was in communication at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. And my first job was at Zipatoni when it was Zipatoni downtown. <laughs> so I did marketing, creative agency work. And then I worked at Energizer for some time. And I also did work with Anheuser-Busch. We would do, when it wasn't <laughs> when it was Anheuser-Busch, um, we'd do their corporate events and their SAMCOMs. And I played in a band on weekends. So I started with a couple different bands, but then Super Magic Robots for 10 years and then Big Rain. And now I'm in McLovin and sub every now and then. And there was a turning point uh, when I was with the Ed Energizer. I was like, I really would love to do music. And I didn't realize that music therapy was an actual thing. So I met Andrew Dwiggins through an El Monstero side project. So that's us all kind of came back. Um, Dave Allen's, all the, that kind of group. And so they, I was thrown in, I was the wild card and I'm like, oh, okay. So now could I get into the music scene? And he told me all about music therapy. Yes. You can go get, go to your, go back to school. You can get certified in it and you can actually do it for a job. So kind of tossed it yeah. all in, cashed it all in. I said, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. Good for you. So, Very brave. Those are all great bands you were into, by the way. Uh, they're, they're all great guys. And just, I just love playing with all yeah. of them. Yeah. This, it's so, uh, self-serving, but being a part of the, the St. Louis music scene, but not one of the guys, guys, uh, we have such a great music scene. Oh, we do. And yeah. back in when I was young, back in like the the early 90s, when like Cows was in Swab Octopus and you had the eyes and, you know, Pale Divine and such, mm-hmm. we were a big deal. Oh, we were like yeah, yeah. little Seattle, you oh, know, yeah. and, uh, and now no one is because the music business has completely changed. But... Man, oh, man. I mean, uh, national acts, and they do do this. I just saw that uh, who needs a new guitarist? Who was it needs a new guitarist? I forget. But I'm always like, Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah. Right? Jimmy, you know, you're Jimmy, just like, yep. I got him. Yep. I got your new guitarist. His name's Jimmy. Here he is. Exactly. Gosh, I, I, I can give a shout out. Well, Bob Wilhite um, and I very, were very close, and he would always talk about, oh, back in the, you know, back in the day, it was like one in, one outs, and we talk about Kennedys or Boomers and all that kind of stuff, and just how the live, you know, yeah. just that rich live music scene, and and how how big it was, and how things changed too, like over, you know, over time and through COVID and post COVID, and now playing out, I feel like it's a different crowd yeah. and a different scene a little bit out there. So we're just kind of all adjusting to it. Yeah, I, it, it's one of those things. Like <clears throat> it makes you sound so old. Uh, I have a 28-year-old and uh, an 18-year-old. The 28-year-old gets it. He's a musician. 18-year-old, she's a girl, like whatever. Uh, But when I say things like, oh, back in my day, but when you were walking the landing Mm -hmm. and there were eight great bands playing at eight great places and you just go from one to the other, like what I wish for the, the, the newest generations and the ones to come is whatever your music is, I don't care. I don't care what it is. Electronica, I don't care. I hope live music comes back because there's nothing more magical than that bass drum in your chest, oh, yeah. right? And just like the energy, nothing replaces that. Oh, yeah. And that goes All due respect that, to DJs. That's a- great. but Absolutely. And there's science now behind it. And that's what's so great about music therapy. And I was like, oh, it's, it's 
it's like a real legit practice. Yeah. It's an evidence-based practice. And they're finding that with like percussions and beats, you know, you think of Queen or, you know, and, and, and having that stomp, stomp, clamp, it actually is entrained with our spinal fluid. So our body's actually entrained to the rhythm and that live music. And if you're singing, you're actually doing a cranial massage an internal cranial massage and music crosses this fancy word your corpus callosum so that's like the right and the left hemisphere so music we thought in the 90s that it actually was localized in one place and mm-hmm. we learned that it crosses over so in this can talk you know tracy has worked a lot with um aphasia choirs where you might find people that have had strokes that can sing but they cannot speak and that's why yeah so you build a new pathway with music because it can cross over the callosum mm. and it can build a brand new pathway and you use music to do that to kind of like gravel road pave the road new pathway pull out the music and now we're speaking again so that's a very interesting more recent findings and whether that's actually what bruce willis has that's what we've heard that bruce willis has right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think you also bring up a good point that it's just that live music piece and and what is really at the core of music therapy is is that you're creating a live interaction a really special unique interaction between a therapist and a client so you have a, a therapist that's building a really strong therapeutic alliance with a client. Like for us, we're talking and doing music with children, teens, and young adults that have faced significant medical trauma. Um, and we're asking them to spill out all their guts mm-hmm. and feelings and emotions to basically a stranger. So it's important from a therapeutic standpoint, we create this safe space and container for them to be able to express those thoughts and feelings. And yeah. then the music is the piece is the, that's, it's the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. It really is just the medium to allow these clients to be able to participate or to express what yeah. they're going yeah. through. It's so great. Even <clears throat> for kids who have not gone through medical trauma to give someone permission mm-hmm. to do something they want to do, but they're afraid of being embarrassed. Like when I was, I've always been the more creative left brain, I guess it is. Uh, and in high school, I wanted to be in play so bad, mm-hmm. but it wasn't cool. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't cool already, but I, I couldn't have my stock drop even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I didn't out of pure cowardice. And then my senior year, all the popular boys were in Greece. And I was like, damn it. Right. <laughs> like yeah. now you're doing it. Yeah. But I, I don't do much with this, but if, something I, I would like to do uh, more of is to make it okay for kids mm-hmm. to do stuff that's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, and it, and it puts them in a safe space where they feel they can express. And I kind of go, so we partnered with El Monstero, which just was a really incredible experience for a lot of our patients. And I love it that Kevin had this idea of doing these one-on-one interviews. So what we did was if on our YouTube page that we have for the Song Society, you can see every one-on-one interview, which was, you know, Dave Farver, you have Mark Quinn, and they're interviewing the kids. And it's great, too, because the kids will give them advice on what to do on stage. But there's one in particular I'm thinking of, and she goes, I didn't talk to my friends for six weeks. I was in the hospital. I was isolated. But my music therapist came in. And lyrics came out and I could do it in lyrics and I could put it in a song because I didn't want to say it. And it just wow. like that moment. Powerful. And that one, I think that one was with Bill Reader too. So that was a beautiful interaction. Well, and I think just like you said, it gives, the music gives them permission to feel, you know, it really is this safe space. So we, we create that throughout the therapeutic songwriting mm-hmm. intervention. Yeah. And they get to call, I always say, you're the boss. Yeah, so you, um, they I'm to, like, mm-hmm. I got to make our boss yeah, happy. So you're, you're the boss. They get to, they get to do the driving, you know? And I think too, in, in what we do, because they're facing so much medical trauma or you have patients or families that are in the hospital for significant lengths of time, 
when you're diagnosed with a chronic illness, you kind of lose a lot of mm-hmm. your independence and choice. So the great thing about therapeutic songwriting, the intervention itself, is we really let them kind of take the wheel. It's really a, a client-guided therapy, and we're there to improvise and, and support them in, in that pathway and yeah. in that process. Because, like, to your point about <clears throat> being a music teacher— Remember, like, when we were kids, we were singing things from the 30s, you know? Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm singing 15 Miles in the Erie Canal. Like, what the hell does this even mean? What's <laughs> yeah. a donkey? Um, and I'm guessing it's kind of like that still, you know? The modern day, they're not doing modern day. They're probably doing the Beatles and yeah. what have you, so. Yeah, I think it's just so important to give them the opportunity to have their independence back. Oh, yeah. So let's let's talk about how people help. First, let's talk about <clears throat> how if someone out is out there and they need this, how do they get in touch with you guys? Yeah, so you can find out anything about our about the Song Society at our website at, at thesongsociety.org. And it honestly, all of these services are free of charge to families. So hmm. the, we specifically work with families affected by um, chronic illness, cancer, and late effects, and also any kind of life-altering medical condition. Mm-hmm. So just for instance, if a child was in a car accident and maybe lost their leg, that's considered to be a life-altering medical condition. So we really... Previously, we worked with cancer and blood disorders, but through our time collectively together, which is now, I don't know, 20 years years. collectively (laughs) doing music therapy, and we've, you know, had businesses together for almost seven years, six, Mm -hmm. seven years, and we saw a significant gap in services. So there's a lot of support and organizations out there that specifically support cancer, but when we say cancer and late effects, what so many people don't understand is that, okay, after you ring the bell and, and cancer is done, it's like, okay, you're free. Go back to your normal life. That necessarily isn't always the case for so many because of the late effects of pediatric mm. cancer treatment. And then we saw such a gap in services for just children and families affected by long-term chronic illness that these families will live with and deal with the their whole life and there's not a lot of support services that support the creative arts therapies um, for them to have this and also they just don't have access to it either or the funds um, to support it so we all these services are offered free of charge but you can find out any of our information on all our socials facebook instagram and they're all funded yep Yep. and they're all funded by generous generous Mm. don't donations and grants so we've just met some very incredible people over the past year, past 20 years mm-hmm. that are very, you know, very tight knit into this community of yeah. how can we support these kids more as they're going through isolation, they're going through their treatments and whatnot. So it's all through grants, donations, and that information is also on our Good. webpage as well. There's ways to become a member of the Song Society, um, all sorts of different ways. We, of course, have like the you know, Facebooks and the and the and Instagrams and all that fun stuff. But so yeah. anybody yeah. can contact us. So if you know someone that would be affected by any of these conditions, they can reach out to us via our website and set up a session. Good. So they don't have to be in the hospital. We have an outside studio space that was generously donated to us by the Light Foundation, nice. whom we're sharing the event with, mm-hmm. and we do sessions in that studio space all the time. Very good. I think you'll hear from my audience. We we just did Operation Food Search, and on, on day one, a very uh, generous listener anonymous anonymously donated twenty five grand. Oh, so wow. I would be surprised wow. if you guys didn't hear from someone. And we'll do something together. Like I said, I want to donate some stuff to you guys. Uh, so the show is this Saturday, January thirteenth, at the Scottish Rite. I've never been in there. 
not for oh, lunch, not for space. anything. Uh-huh. So um, you can get your tickets by going to Rockin' at the Right, uh, Rockin' with no G, right, R-I-T-E, rockinattheright.org. Only 150 tickets available. Super Jam, I think just the best band ever in St. Louis, my favorite yeah. guys. Um, and uh, then performances by special people. Yeah, it's going to be a great night. Yeah, Yeah. patience and and us as well, yeah. Uh, Good luck. Good job. I see you guys again. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Welcome back to 225, getting phone calls from people who want to go to the concert and help the ladies out. Really cool. I love stuff like that. Um, Rach, give me three minutes. What do you got? Oh, have you guys heard of the rat snack? Have you I'm just looking at that now. So girl dinner is out. Girl dinner is when you put together like a nice little charcuterie situation and that's your girl dinner. It's your cute aesthetic little dinner that you have. A rat snack is kind of the opposite. That's when you're hungry and you're just scrounging through your house looking for something to eat and maybe you come up with a weird combination. That is your rat snack. Okay. So just a snack. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to have fun here. I feel you. No, I just, I think, I I find it hilarious. We've talked about this a million times. People are always giving a new name to something people have always done. Yeah, that's that's what TikTok loves to do. They (laughs) they love to pretend like they discovered something. But I do think the rat snack is a little different because the implication is that it's a weird snack. Okay, so it's scroungy. If you you had anything else, you wouldn't be eating this. Exactly, exactly. So I'm wondering if you guys ever put together little combos. That's most of what I eat are rat snacks now that I'm really thinking about it. Like, I'll do like a cube of cheese and then like a handful of Reese's peanut butter mini cups yeah. and then like some licorice. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, try I, to cobble that together into something. I'm a notorious that makes scrounger. Satisfied. Mine have typically been uh, okay. I am through eating chocolate and drinking milk before I go to bed. Throw out the milk. Throw out the chocolate. And then the next night, I am literally, like, licking my finger and touching parts of the cupboard that once (laughs) held chocolate, you know? Or, like, Phoebe's Easter candy from when she was five. Somehow it made it through, and it's all dusty and crusty. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, that'll do. I can eat this. Um, I have another food story here. So um, what I'm hearing from this is that Red Bulls and energy drinks are healthier oh, than good. we thought they were. Hey, um, look, they still like are t- terrible for your heart and all that stuff. Oh. But there is an ingredient <laughs> in there that uh, actually slows down aging. Mm. So I think it's called taurine. I think that's how you mm. pronounce mm-hmm. it. It's an amino acid found typically in meat and shellfish is a supplement added to energy drinks that is supposed to promote sharper brain function. Uh, those claims are unproven, but new research shows that the nutrient may help with healthy aging. So even though you're you're breaking down your heart, you break it uh, even. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. It's not so bad. Things could you're be worse. You're gonna look amazing when you so drop dead. What I'm hearing is, if we cut back on the caffeine, it might actually be pretty good for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it just happens also to be- render it. Useless, Useless. yeah, right. (laughs) Then it's not an energy drink anymore. It's just a healthy drink. I always laughed. I would, when I played with the band, I would drink vodka Red Bulls, which is like battling each other. An upper and a downer. Yes, exactly. Yep, Yep. exactly. It's like driving with your foot on the gas and the brake. That's why Four Loco got banned. Well, and that's why uh, the, well, I almost said something really dumb. Never mind. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, that's why they're taking away the Panera Lemonade. There's no downer in the Panera Lemonade. No. It's just an up. It's all upside, baby. And, and they're it's not, not, and that they're not bad taking that you. away or I will, uh, I will write Revolt. it. I will. <laughs> so maybe next time you're doing a rat snack, if you're looking for a rat snack in your home and all you have are weird things and energy drinks, maybe those energy drinks aren't so are bad you a rat after snacker? all. 
I didn't hear the rat snack thing. I was. It's when you have nothing left to eat, so you put together two or three things that don't go together. Yes. Like stale Cheez-Its and green onions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. DGS. Gorgeous day out there. Enjoy it. I think Friday kind of falls apart. And then next week is just butt-ass cold. Uh, Rachel, what do you want to do? I just keep throwing it to you. Well, why don't we talk about this TikTok I saw? Um, it was a young lady, basically, uh, I think she worked at a restaurant, if I'm remembering correctly. And she was saying, look, just because I have a name tag on and you can see my name and you can read my name doesn't mean that I want you to use my name because it, most people don't. So whenever you, let's say my name is Megan, uh, if you are like, hi, Megan, it freaks me out. It makes me feel, <laughs> feel like you know something about me I don't. Like just, it's overly familiar. Don't do it. I thought that was kind of interesting because I'm someone who is definitely, I love to read a name tag and be mm. like, Tyler, great job today. Or like, oh yeah, whenever you get a chance. Excuse me, Ted, can you tell me Ex- where the soft drinks exactly. are? Exactly. And we were talking on the break about this and you said you feel like a hero whenever yeah. you use someone's mm-hmm. name. And I do I'm too. I'm always like, I'm showing that I care what their name is. But there are some people out there who don't like I kind of get it. I get it from their perspective too. Yeah. I think it depends on probably. Because you know, they didn't get hired at Schnooks and go, I just. But I need to make sure I get a name tag, right? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've ever, if I, if it's somewhere that I go all the time, and I and I pick up that someone, like I hear someone say, like, "Oh, Jen, can you get the whatever?" You know, maybe then I'll start to add a little familiarity in, and I'll be like, oh, "Thanks, thanks, Jen," or whatever. But I don't know. I I I just feel yeah, weird. that's less creepy. <laughs> I feel weird when I read like the name tag or whatever. I feel weird when I read your name because then I don't know. It feels like I'm like. Ah, hello there, Theodore. How are you doing today? Like, I don't know. It just feels... I just go like, hi. Thank, Help me, please. Thank you. At Radio Shack, we would get in trouble if we didn't have our name tag on, and sometimes you would leave it at home, so we would just wear someone else's name tag. <laughs> so that could get confusing in certain situations. What about you, Wheels? I, uh, I don't do it all the time, but sometimes I do. Like, I, I think it's fine either way if you're on the client side. Like, you can use the name, you cannot, you can be polite either way, it's fine. I don't understand why, if you're on the other side of it, that it would bother you either direction. Like, I can think of two reasons. It's not, re- I mean, your name is there for a purpose because you're, in, you're, you're, and you're choosing a public facing job. Like, you're not choosing to work in a cubicle that's not a public, you, you are, like, when, like yeah. when I was a server, the first thing I did was, hey guys, I'm Kevin, I'm taking care of you tonight. You know, like, I, it's the first thing I'm doing is introducing myself. I'm thinking more like if you work for Enterprise Car Rental, 
and, and it's a very person-to-person, face-to-face, we're going to get yeah, to yeah. know each other. Yeah. You probably want people to know your name's Kevin. Yeah. If you are a bagger at Schnooks, you probably uh, don't care that people know your name is Kevin. And if they do use your name, it might feel a little, uh, I'm above you, you're working for me. And uh, just calling myself out for what I always feel like. I'm a superhero because I'm reading your name and using it like you're a real person. Uh, If I were in that position and I were young and kind of rebellious, I might think, you know what, why don't you have off? You you don't care about me. You just read my name. So I get it. I I get both sides. I could see it from the perspective, from a young lady's perspective, too, if it's like, a cute but guy hello, using your name. Megan. It's exactly. Like if it's a cute guy, it's like, oh, you noticed my name. But if it's like some right. weirdo, it's like, oh, can I take yeah. his name tag off? If it's Grant, <laughs> would you rather have granddad go, hey, honey, can you help me? Or would you rather have them read your name tag? Yeah, that's or especially a good point. if it's a creeper and the next time he comes in, he's like, is a... Uh, is Megan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that we there are lines not to cross, right? I mean, like yeah. that's that's weird, but I mean, can't you tell by tone of voice? If someone's just being polite versus someone being a weirdo. It makes a good point, too. Uh, I think age of the employee also matters. Yeah. I think an older person is more likely to be interested in you saying, like, you know, reading their name tag and calling Because going to Snooks is the biggest thing they're going to do today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like, even the employee. I think the employee, if it's like an older, like, if it's like an older guy or woman who's waiting on you and you say, like, hello, Jennifer. I think they would prefer that over, like, a younger person being read their name. Uh, Speaking of coffee, which we hit along the way, I saw a TikTok uh, where the person was calling out boomers. And I'm not really a boomer. I'm the last year of X first, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was, what's up with boomers getting up an hour early just to drink coffee and ease into their day? <laughs> and millennials, too. I mean, that's my whole and morning. My best I hour. Say, I, I never do that. That's somebody who... You never do that? I get, I get up at the very last moment possible that I can do the things that well, I need to go. do. Like You're like a Gen Zer. All I, yes. All I'm going to do is leave enough time to shower. Eat oh, breakfast, man. take the dogs out, I, I out need, the door. I need to come to terms with the day. Me oh no, too. Yeah. I'm the same way. I have to ease into it. I'm more like I'm more like Kevin. I within an hour of waking up, I'm out the door. <laughs> I'm out within 30 because, minutes of waking up. But we're also, mm. I think, more of Kevin and I are more of night people, and you guys yeah. are morning people. So, oh, Kev, wow. on the TV above your head, it says that Aaron Rodgers will not appear on the Pat McAfee show for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a stupid mistake by CNN because he always stops at the end of the regular season. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't think that everybody's ESPN blowing that or- up? Well, maybe, but in the past, when Aaron Rodgers, this is the fourth year that he's been on with McAfee during the football season. His deal is through the regular season, and then he didn't do it after that. And McAfee made that announcement today too, like he's done for the year, you know that kind of thing. I, I, I people are trying really hard to keep that story alive. So, and it's you, a it's a story, but it's like, you said that Pat McAfee it was uh, sort of doing a little bit of feeling sorry for himself. Yeah, you want to hear it? Sure, um, yeah. So, so <clears throat> obviously, we know that the last couple of weeks, Aaron Rodgers is you know he did the he made the comment about Jimmy Kimmel being on the uh, Epstein list, which of course got everybody fired up. McAfee has said a couple things about like it's not our fault. We're just having conversations. You know, we're just we're just talking crap. And then Rogers went on this week and went off again and went on a you know long monologue about COVID stuff and just like on a sports show it's a very weird thing to do like on a sports show on a sports network 
getting all into COVID conspiracies and stuff and vaccine things. Like, it's just an odd place, and it's created a lot of heat. So today, Pat McAfee went on the show and announced what we're talking about, that Aaron's, you know, done for the year. This, you know, we, we've always ended it this time of the year. And then he went on to talk about how, you know, people have been rooting for him and his show to fail. And that's why the reactions are what they are. So Aaron Rodgers Tuesday season four is uh, done. Yeah. Oh, Complete. season. There's going to be a lot of people that are happy with that. Myself included, to be honest. With the way <laughs> it ended, it got real loud. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to act like people are out to get people. Sure. But throughout my life, there's been a lot of people that have definitely wanted to see me not do good. And then we haven't, we've cut the line to a lot, you know, because this is supposed to be like a union where you just kind of wait for others that you go. So going in, we knew that we potentially ruffled some feathers in about three to five professions that have a lot of power and a lot of say. And we understood it. We completely understood it. And over the last week, we have certainly given them all a lot of stuff to get mad about. We have messed up in that particular aspect. And by we, I mean, we're a conversation show. People are having conversations. We live in a country that has freedom of speech, but also you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your freedom of speech. So what I'm saying is we've given a lot of people who've been waiting for us to fail a lot of ammo and things to attack us for over the last week. And we would love to get back to the point where we just... Move on. So with that being said, sports are alive right now. All right. So there's a lot there. First of all, I think he makes some really good points in the latter half there. Like, we did this to ourselves. We are part of the blame. Um, and, you know, <laughs> this whole thing, though, my favorite line is like, I don't want to say that people try to bring other people down, but people have been trying to bring <laughs> yeah, me down since the beginning. That was like, pretty funny. He's like, I'm never going to say that except for the literally the <laughs> next three or four words <laughs> out of my right mouth. <laughs> uh, and look, the last part, you know, well, finally we can get back. Like, it's not your choice. It's your show. Dave, what goes on the Dave Glover show? Whatever Dave wants. What Dave Glover wants to do. Pat McAfee can tell Aaron Rodgers, we are not talking about that stuff. But he won't. Because why? Well, why do you think? Two reasons. One, Aaron Rodgers is a bigger star. Aaron Rodgers does not need the Pat McAfee show. The Pat McAfee show really benefits from having Aaron Rodgers on there even when it's just football talk, right? Not just because of this, but all of the attention brought is not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. you're the host of the show. And I, you know, there was a, there was a five minute rant there and I cut it down to those parts, but he's going on and on about how I have creative control. There's nobody at ESPN that tells me what we're doing and all that, because that's the deal I negotiated. Well, okay. Then you can tell Aaron Rodgers We don't want to do this. If it's such a trouble for you, if you just want to talk sports, well then do it. Don't, and that's what I didn't like about it is he tries a little bit to act like he's taking some of the heat for what's happening, but then he just turns around and he's like deflecting it all. It's all my haters. All my haters want me to fail, and they blew it up. <laughs> yeah, poor you. Eight years in the NFL as one of the best punters. You retire at the age of 29 with $15 million in your bank account. You start off at Barstool, then you move on to Sirius XM. I've actually filled in on the Pat McAfee show. I've hosted his show on the radio side, never the TV side, but on the radio side. And he's moved from all of that to ESPN, where he's making $17 million a year to do this show. And he's poor me, and people are trying to tear me. Where have you had people tear you Hmm. down? Yeah, Every step of the way, he was a star in the NFL. He's one of the best punters in the league. He had knee injuries and stuff, so he retired very young and then has been a massively successful person in this industry for, you know, the last 10 years, basically. 
Who's bringing you down? How are you a victim in any way? Your name's on the show. If you don't want the controversy, you can say we're not talking about vaccines. We're not talking about other celebrities. Let's talk football. I just I found the whole thing very strange. But also, I like Pat McAfee. I actually like his show when he's doing sports. When they're talking to athletes, they had Phil Mickelson on today. When they're doing stuff like that, it's actually pretty entertaining. But I can't take this, you know, poor me, everyone's against me nonsense when you're literally the most successful person in this business right now. I wish Wheeler would open up. <laughs> oh, it drives me nuts. I wish you would share how he really felt from time yeah, to time. Yeah, he's so reticent. So I like him holding back. And I, you know, again, I like the. I've, I've always I've liked his show. I mean, I, I hosted. I wouldn't do a show I if, if I didn't like guy. it. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand how the world has been nothing but pleasant to you. You've made tens of millions of dollars kicking a football and talking sports, yet everybody's against us and all these haters. You don't have haters, dude. All right, people don't like you, but so what? That that's has it held you back in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. I remember like my third year, which is your worst year because you're such an a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I really thought I was something, even at home. And Maureen had had just about enough of me, and she and Maureen was in radio way before me. And she goes, you know what? You know why you're not that big of a deal? Because to be a big deal, half the people who listen have to hate you. And people don't hate you yet, but they will. And they did. So yeah. <laughs> what's what's really interesting, too, with this is it's another case and where. She said it like a witch. <laughs> but don't you think that having that voice, who doesn't matter who it is, wife, brother, dad, boss, yeah. whatever, that's going to tell you what you need to hear. And this is another case. I don't think anybody tells him anything. Yeah. Because he really has written his own... I've seen uh, entertainment careers, mostly radio, ruined because people got big enough that they could surround themselves with yes-men, and it never works out well. Yeah. Because yes-men don't give you the advice you really need. 254 DGS. I have a story and a take. All right. Here's a story. Several top dermatologists are now saying that men don't need to change their underwear every day, but only uh, if they are not sweating and wearing loose-fitting boxers. <sighs> My dad fought World War II when he was 16 years old. I think men should be able to decide when they need to change their GD underwear. I don't think we need doctors. I don't think we need studies. If you really need medical help deciding when to change your underwear, why don't you go outside and practice falling down, you piece of crap? Yeah. Maybe I just have no faith in men. But uh, uh, when I hear justified. that story, I'm like, I'm like, why are you giving them an excuse to not change their underwear? Yeah. It just seems like so many guys would be like, the doctor said, and then... The doctor's orders. <laughs> exactly. I kind of like the new ones every day. It's kind of nice. I mean, you would think most people would like that, but then, I don't know. But it's self-policing. If you don't want to change your underwear ever, don't. You probably won't be very popular. See, you won't have many friends. But consequences, yeah. right? He's, is, are they just saying it's not unhealthy? Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Okay. A dermatologist, eh? Yeah, and I was going to say, are they just saying it's not bad for your skin? Yeah, I've been to a couple dermatologists. Never thought of bringing that, that one up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm so doc. glad I was able to get an appointment. I have one huge question. <laughs> yeah. Doc, right. will I get a rash if I don't change my underwear? I'm real tired of changing this underwear. <laughs> can you write me a doctor's note, please? <laughs> yeah, can you help me out? Can give to my wife? Yeah, something to show the old ball and chain. <laughs> also, I didn't like this one. 
Uh, Pete Davidson, you love him or hate him, uh, says that he (laughs) was high on ketamine at Aretha Franklin's funeral and says that when he approached the casket, he said to her loved ones, I'm just here to pay my R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Keep it to yourself. Yeah, you don't don't have to. If that actually happened, you don't have to. Also, maybe. like, I don't think that happened. I'm with the Andrew. Maybe don't go to a funeral if you're high. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do, maybe just have private shame. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's his whole thing. Is maybe like, I was hired. Reason apologize to the people you offended, maybe, and leave the rest of us out of it. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 